and we're live. Welcome to the very first episode of the Sandusky Business Podcast. First guest, Caleb Probanek. Should probably introduce myself though. My name is Jared Dreschel. I'm a licensed realtor with Realty Executives Select Group Ohio. I'm the king of eBay and I'm the vice president of Provo Sales. So tell us about Provo Sales. What is Provo Sales? Provo Sales is my online retail company. Uh, we sell physical products, so whether that be consumer goods, electronics, toys, video games, all of the above, we got mm-hmm. it all, and uh, I sell exclusively on Amazon. Okay, but we are transitioning into eBay a little bit, so Amazon, eBay, have you ever tried any other online sites or no? No. No? Uh, I've never... I know there's a lot of different options nowadays. I've never tried Facebook Marketplace or Etsy, anything like that. I've uh, I have all my experience really on Amazon, uh, specifically with Amazon FBA program. Any plans of transitioning to any other sites in the future? You know, I keep an open mind. You don't want to be stuck to one mm-hmm. platform, and that is a big subject in the community of Amazon sellers nowadays you don't want your whole business relying on Amazon Mm -hmm. Uh, right because I mean I use the example of you know people who are making a living on Instagram you know what happens if Instagram disappears tomorrow you got to expand your brand into other areas like on social media you need to be on multiple different platforms Mm -hmm. that's the same with a business you know yeah, you've you got to diversify your revenue. It's, right. I have all, all of my revenues. I say that, but all of my revenue is coming through Amazon pretty much right now. Right. But it is a good idea to diversify and do some other branches. So mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I want to pursue eBay mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so how did you get started? Like, tell us how you very first started. How did the idea come to you? Mm-hmm. How? What did you buy? What was your first item you sold? Do you remember? Yeah. Oh man! Let's see how far back we got to go here. So, my online selling journey started about three and a half years ago now. Okay. Uh, I was in college down in Ohio State. I was working a part-time job to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah. Uh, I was valeting cars downtown. Not a bad job, not a bad gig, but there's a lot of downtime. I was either running to get a car or I was literally just standing there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to do something. Right. Like I, I'm just standing here. So right. n- normally, you know, that just means playing around on my phone. Right. So I uh, eventually got interested. I was like, man, there's got to be a better way to make some money. Yeah, I, this absolutely. Is, this is struggling. I'm a full-time <laughs> student. I got a, I don't know, you know, working 20 or 30 hours a week. Right. Not easy. People pull off a lot more than that, but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of my free time was gone. Mm-hmm. So while I was standing around at this job, uh, I was at the valet podium. I was like, well, what? Just started looking up on the internet. Like, what are some uh, good ways to make money? Right. And See, a lot of people do that, but very little people do any of those ideas. So you actually saw that on a list of 
ways to make money. Yeah, yeah. Buying and selling. An original idea, of course. Yeah, right. Buy, buy low, But you actually high. took the initiative to say, all right, I'm going to try it. You made an Amazon account. Yeah. And you went and bought shit. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you buy? What was your first little batch of stuff? Do you remember? Or did you try like one item or? Uh, some good advice that <laughs> I got and followed was Give sell what them. you already have. Yes. So what's your... That's how I started on eBay. Yeah, yeah. I sold everything I had, uh, that I had, you know, things I already had. Yeah, it's frozen capital. What's uh, that boombox in the corner that you haven't used in five years doing it for you? Right. It's junk. Right. To to you. Right. It's just cluttering up your space. But someone else is looking for it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. List it and sell it. Turn it, turn that frozen capital into something you can use. Right. And then from there, once you sell everything you have... You take that money and you go buy shit. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, yeah. You reinvest it into the business if mm-hmm. it, it's working. That's kind of the whole... That's kind of your whole business plan. Rein, keep reinvesting of you know, the money that of you make course. into it. That's how it kind of works, right? I mean, you're going to make more money if you take out the least amount of money possible from the business. You know what I mean? And in that you mean in paying yourself. In paying myself. I'd rather not, you know, pay myself a hundred grand when I could keep that money in the business mm-hmm. and actually, you know, grow the business right. instead of pay myself and bankrupt the business. Right. That, that's, sounds like common sense, but, uh, cash flow management is definitely a huge part in any business, but especially with physical products and mm-hmm. this Amazon strategy that I use. Right. So, so what's the margin like on a product, on a typical product? So tell everyone kind of what kind of fees are involved, you know, when you're selling on Amazon, like, you know, if you buy a product for 50 and sell it for a hundred, you're not making 50 bucks, right? Correct. No. So how's that work? Not nearly making 50. So a general rule of thumb is that Amazon's going to take 30 to 35% of the final selling price. Mm. The fees have only gone up over the years. Mm -hmm. So that used to be lower. Well, that yeah. percentage. And actually, let me clarify. I use Amazon's FBA program, which stands for Fulfillment by Amazon. So not only am I selling on the Amazon platform, I am using their infrastructure uh, to store my goods mm-hmm. and to send out orders. So right. when you use the FBA program, it's a lot more hands off. Right compared to something like eBay where you are shipping every product. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. And with, with this whole FBA program, since they're, you're outsourcing a lot of the work, of course there's going to be higher fees. So that 30% Mm -hmm. that I'm talking about, that is with the FBA program that I use. Mm -hmm. There are, I want to say it's more, it's probably about half of that. It's probably like 15 to 18% maybe if you're doing seller fulfilled. Okay. So for somebody first starting out, do they start with an FBA program or do they just fulfill every single order on their own, kind of like eBay? What would you recommend or how did you start? I started completely FBA because I wanted to not have to worry about that part of my business. Mm-hmm. So, so you did your homework before you started? Yeah, yeah. You I thought made, that's a better idea? Yes. It seemed to me like it'd be easier to scale and I could... Focus my time on what makes me money, which would be finding good products. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've 
done and that's what I have experience with. And so what is the key to scaling a business like this, an online e-commerce business? How do you scale that? Is there multiple different ways you can go about it or is there... I mean, there's a million different ways you go about it. Okay. Can... So what's, what's your plan going forward to scale your business even larger? Well, this point, it's all about systems. I have to capture systems that I already have in place mm -hmm. that I'm not, that aren't like officially recorded. Like for example, what I'm saying is something that I handle all myself mm -hmm. needs to be captured and reduced into a very basic instructions so that I can outsource that to somebody else. So and essentially they, employ somebody to do the things that yeah, the can be outsourced. Yep, the biggest you want to think about this from the get, the biggest thing the biggest stopgap in scaling or growing your business normally is going to be yourself. Mhm. Mm I am the I forget the word right now, but uh <laughs> What were you going for? The owner? The operator? No, no, no. Well, I'm the <laughs> only one that can do a lot of these tasks right now because it's my business. Right. I, I know what's going on. Right. So I need to capture these processes that I'm doing mm -hmm. and make it so anybody that knows how to read right. or can, they can follow simple instruction can right. do it. Right. So I got to take myself out of the way because I just don't have enough time in the day right. to do all these smaller maybe more menial tasks right but at the same time when it's your business that you've grown it's kind of like your baby oh, and you course. don't want to allegate these things that you've been doing and learning for the last three and a half years to someone else it's got to scare the crap out of you to think that someone else could be in charge of some of the things you're doing oh yeah very scary Somebody uh, got, you got to be able to trust this person you know, you yeah. got to make sure it's the right person for the job. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So you're right when you say a business is like a baby, you know, you, you built it from the ground up. I'm three and a half years in. I would <clears throat> take a lot of trust mm -hmm. uh, to get people involved in the first place for me. And I, I, uh, I still do, but I have a hard time asking for help. Mm -hmm. I know. That's a flaw of mine, I think. And that is a fatal flaw right. when it comes to business. You need help. You can't mm -hmm. do it all yourself. Right. I, I was trying to do it all myself, but got to a point where I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Again, I was in my own way. Couldn't scale it anymore Right. with the systems I had in place. Because mm -hmm. uh, I was doing all the work myself and it's just, just right. too much time. Right. And that's a part of any business, right? Is knowing when to change up the, change up your systems. Yeah. Not necessarily the goal or the game plan, but maybe change up the systems in place that are going to help you get there. You know? Yeah. When I you mean, first start, that's not the same way you're going to be doing things one year or 10 years down the of road. Of course not. Of course You not. have to evolve. And Stepping I think that's steps. where people get stuck in business is they, they start out and they're doing okay, mm -hmm. and you know, year, months, years go by, and they don't change or adapt to new markets. They don't, you know, they don't, they don't want to change to according to the times, and, you know. And like you said, they probably get in the way of themselves as well, being too stubborn to hire on more help, 
maybe because they're paying themselves too much and they can't afford it. So that's probably the case with a lot of people. You pay yourself next to nothing, right? I take as little out as I can. Just pay the bills and then the rest is all reinvested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, the hope is that that pays off and you can pay yourself a lot of money if you keep reinvesting into the business, that's right? That's the idea. That's what people don't understand, I think, is the problem is, is they, you know, if, for example, if somebody saw the amount of money that you've had in your account, right, that you spent on products, someone else could have seen, seen that and been like, oh man, maybe I could just, I could just, you know, pocket that and maybe put it into something else or whatever. Because I feel like a lot of people, they see that amount of money and, and they don't want to reinvest it back into the business. Well, that's why a lot of people don't succeed. Well, they business. say 99% of startups fail. Have you ever heard that? Something like that. 99%. So crazy. Like man. 1% of startups will actually survive. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because nobody... One, you got to know your numbers. I'm a numbers guy. Mm, I think that's a really good point. I mean, you, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, a lot of people just... Uh, when you go and add up all your expenses, all your mm-hmm. costs, everything, it's a lot less than what you may have originally thought. Right. And due to that, people overspend. Mm. They pay themselves, again, too much mm. for than what they can, the business can really afford to keep moving forward in a right. healthy, growing fashion. Uh, so, yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah. So, what's your current up. schedule like? If you... So... Mm. You know, so somebody out there who maybe wants to get into buying and selling, what can they look forward to in a day-to-day situation? Well, one of the best things about my business is, you know, of course, when you own a business, it's great. You got all the freedom in the world you want. You can do things on your own time. Then again, you're on the clock 24-7. You, it's your responsibility. If you don't have somebody else handle it, it's on you. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, one of the best things about this business is that I can do it on my own schedule. Mm-hmm. I Maybe I want to wake up at 10 a.m. and mm-hmm. hang out at the house a little bit, work out, eat some breakfast, and maybe I'll get started buying stuff at 2 or 3 in the afternoon and mm-hmm. go till 4 a.m. Right, I, which is how you like to do it. A lot of times that's how I like to do it. Yeah. I, which is okay. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, you know, you got to wake up at 4 a.m., you got to wake up at 6 a.m. You know, I don't agree with that. I think you got to do what works for you. Yeah, everybody's different. Everybody's very different. I mean, I can I could wake up at noon and still put in a 12-hour day and go to sleep at 1 or 2 a.m. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. As long as you put in the work in, it doesn't exactly matter so much in how you structure it. Right. As long as it works. As long you. as it gets done. Yeah. Okay, so so real quick, back to uh, the first things that you ever bought. We got sidetracked. Yes. So, someone getting started out there, what's a good example? What did you go and get? Or maybe it didn't work. Mm-hmm. I started, after I sold stuff out of my house, I, uh, I didn't have a whole lot of capital. Mm-hmm. Not much to start with, kind of. How much? A couple hundred? Um, Thousand? I probably had like 500 bucks I put into it after mm-hmm. on top of like the stuff I found around the house mm-hmm. and that grew eventually stuff started selling um, 
first things I bought, I would start at thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Anything you find that is brand new and, you know, great condition, never opened or whatever at a thrift store, mm-hmm. I would go and scan that. Mm-hmm. And when I say scan that, that's kind of the simplest, easiest way to find stuff. Uh, they have Amazon seller app mm-hmm. that you can just scan a barcode and it pulls up the product for you. So you can make a decision on the spot if it's worth buying or not so you can go to any store really and find profitable inventory but i started at goodwill uh salvation army all these kind of thrift stores Mm -hmm. just looking for new products that i could buy for five or ten bucks and you know make 20 or more on Mm -hmm. Uh, so i say that these thrift stores and everything had a much higher margin than what I get today mm-hmm. because low cost and potentially high return if you put the time in right there's plenty of but, good items out there but I guess the problem with that it's very hard to scale yes, because the exactly. items are so few and far between exactly right. so um, that's but that's a good place to start if you don't have any start. capital yeah yeah that's what I did and I was making money I was getting bigger um, and I did that for quite a while I was living in Columbus, as I said at the time, and there was unlimited thrift stores. So mm. I'd hit, I don't know, what, 30, 40 stores in the city, and I'd drive to Dayton, I'd drive to Cincinnati, wherever I got to go. Yeah. There's, there's unlimited sourcing. You just got to be willing to put in the time and, and go to the store and do it. Yeah. And scan stuff. Yep. Right. Yep. Now, were you, when you started, were you still working your valet job? Or did you quit and say, I'm just going to try this? Or did you kind of do them at the same time? Mm -hmm. I was still doing the valet job. Mm -hmm. I would be standing at work, and when I was standing there, I'd be like itching. I'd be like, man, this is a waste of my time. I could be out buying stuff right now. I could be making so much more money for my time. But yeah, I had to do that for a while just to keep the To pay the bills bills and and keep your life moving. Yeah, man. That is... That's a really good point. I'm glad it got brought up is because I think too many people, they just, and I think I did this once too back when I was like 16 and I wanted to start my own first, you know, business. I just, you, you can't just quit your job. It's not practical. I mean, what, you're going to cut off all of your cash flow and mm-hmm. expect to. Right. And when running a business, it's, is based on how much cash flow you have. Yeah. Especially this yeah. kind of business. How it's much a, can you spend? It's a different story if you've been working for 20 years and right. have a couple, you know, whatever, thousands and thousands of dollars to maybe fall back on. Right. But for a college business, student... No, yeah, you can't just Don't quit your job. And, no, no, guys. You got to have some money coming in <laughs> because you can't grow a business without... Right. Cash flow and to build it, it's going to take some time. It's always going to be harder than you thought. It's always going to take longer than you thought. Mm-hmm. Obstacles are going to come up. So you got to plan ahead for that. Right. And, uh, so just to kind of put it in perspective for everyone else, right. let's talk about your numbers like year one, year two, year three to now. How has it evolved since you first started? Uh, what did year one look like? Uh, I was gaining some traction and at the time I was like pretty hyped up. I was like, yeah, we're 
Excellon, I think I did. In your first calendar year? Yeah. My first calendar year, I started in the summer, so it was half a year. And it took me about six months to do maybe... It's a while ago, so maybe like thirty or forty thousand in sales. In sales. In sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- total revenue. And that put, which is not bad, right? For six months starting out. Um. That's got to be pretty good. So, how much did you see of that? How much did I see of that? So, if you don't mind me asking. As far as what was. In how much do you profit? If if you're doing thirty or forty thousand in sales as a you know just starting out net profit at that yeah. time, my margins were higher because I was doing lower volume, better items. Mm-hmm. Probably made uh, eight or ten thousand on that. Okay, and that's while you were working your other job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean an extra eight or ten thousand in six months for most college students would probably be be nice. Yeah, I thought I was onto something. Right. Like it was growing steadily, but. Slowly. Was there ever a point where you were like, where you thought about quitting it? Or did you know as soon as you started, like, I'm going to run with this? I think I knew as soon as I started. Yeah. I, as soon as stuff starts to sell, I was like, okay, what? Well, this works. Right. You know, I can do this and uh, I can go make money at will. If I need to make a couple bucks, I can run to my local Walmart mm-hmm. and That's very shop true. and make money. So that, uh, I was hooked at that point. <coughs> Excuse me. So what do you think about making your own products and selling them on Amazon? I know you've, you've dabbled mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? For a beginner that has zero business experience, I wouldn't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very popular business model. Great. Potentially, if you find the right product, it's uh, much better margins than some other options mm-hmm. and other models on Amazon. But there's a lot of work, a lot of upfront work. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you have to market the product. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, source it, get it made. Mm-hmm. There's all these different pieces that have to come together. And it's not what I would recommend for a complete beginner. Okay. But, you know, that being said, people, it's a better time than ever to not only make your own products, but create your own brand. Mm -hmm. There's all these different platforms to get out there with the internet and Amazon and everything nowadays. So I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but I've tried several products. Like? Like my first one was weighted baseballs. Mm Mm-hmm had these rubber like heavy baseballs <laughs> for batting practice right and they were in like a six pack yeah yeah box. i sold them in yep. six packs I, I saw this a couple other guys selling it on amazon it mm-hmm. looked like a good opportunity they were selling a lot there was only two or three like big competitors right so i took out a loan from my uncle who's very generous nice enough to give that to me mm-hmm and I ordered $6,000 worth of these balls, and that was like 300 units, so I was paying 20 a piece for them. Mm-hmm. My idea For was, the six pack. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And I thought I was gonna sell them for 40 or 50 each, and I was like, you know, I'll make potentially 15, before any marketing costs, like mm-hmm. 15 to $18 a piece on these. 
and couldn't sell them. No. No. Hard to sell. Not the easiest thing in the world. I mean, I'm no marketing wizard. That's, right. That's all. I'm. <clears throat> I, I'm. I'd like to say I'm a creative guy, but I. Uh, I neglected the marketing on a lot of mm. those. I thought that if you just you know put it up on Amazon, you might get lucky. That's not right. really how it works. Not a practical business model. No. You need you, the market. Yeah, I didn't have any marketing, so that's pretty much why that failed. Right. Yep. So you tried some other products too. Tried making your own, or was it just the weighted baseballs? And then after that, you were like, "Screw this! I'm selling other people's stuff." That was the biggest thing. I've also dabbled in. Uh, selling my dad's art, mm-hmm. which, again, didn't have a whole lot of luck with. Right. So. So you've you've found that it's easiest to sell other people's products. As far as yeah. Right. Easy. Which yes. Right. Yes. Right. Which makes sense because a lot of uh, a lot of gurus in business will talk about following a system that's already proven to work. Yeah. Instead of trying to reinvent the wheel. When you're getting started 100%, you got to get your bearings, see what's going on, figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, start simple with something that works. That's. But now you're in a position to where if you wanted to try and make your own products again, you have the, you know, the experience and the capital to do so, right? Is that an idea for you at all? Yes. No, I, I, I plan on getting my own product up. I'm not sure what that's going to be yet. Yeah. But still yes. trying to figure it out. Yeah. No, I have uh, a little more experience with it now. I mean, I ship stuff in from China, all this, what I thought was going to be a terrible headache. It was really not that bad at all. It's pretty straightforward. Right. So as far as the sourcing, the product, getting it made, everything really not that hard. Yeah. Um, so it's easier than some people may think to get your own product made. Sure. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like when people hear like, oh, my own weighted bait, like, where do I even start? Yeah. That's what people ask, you know, probably for that. Where do you even start? So what did you do? You just Googled uh, weighted baseball factories in China or what? How does that work? um, I didn't use Google. I used Alibaba, which Mm. is almost like a very certain platform. It's like Amazon, but for China, right? Or no? Yes. I've never technically, I've never ordered anything on there. I believe they're... Okay. From what I understand, I think Alibaba has a couple parts. Okay. Um, there might be a consumer side, but I know there's definitely like a manufacturer... Like there's a okay. business to business side. Okay. It. It's, a very, it's like Amazon, but I think... More complex. They started business to business. Like okay. Manufacturers Interesting. connecting to other businesses. Gotcha. They need things made. So it was almost... Alibaba was a super simple way to get it done. That was what was being recommended online at the time. Mm-hmm. It was the easiest way to do this. And Did you have a good experience with them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. my supplier was great. Um, there was a couple of small problems, mm. but that was just due to my own inexperience. Right. Uh, I had a great supplier. Okay. Had, and that's but, Jack Ma's company, right? Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Caleb's a conspiracy theorist on the side and uh, so you were just telling me not long ago that the Chinese government took that company yeah, yeah. from him, right? I believe, Is that true? You know, I haven't gone super in-depth on this one, but from, from a little <laughs> I know, uh, it looks like he was kind of forced out. And 
the okay. communist Chinese government is taking over his, like you said, as China's Amazon. So, right. You know that. Do you think to, uh, Donald Trump is going to take Jeff Bezos' company? Yeah, no, it's not China. <laughs> We're not China. We got a ways to go for that. If you guys want to have, want to start a podcast about all of Caleb's crazy ideas about uh, the world, which I think are very fascinating. Let us know, because I'd be down for that as well. Yeah. So, a couple more questions here, I was wondering. So, a lot of people, when they start a business, they kind of have somebody that they look at, you know, whether it be a famous person or, you know, a local person that they, you know, take inspiration from and kind of pull ideas from. Who inspires you currently, and did anybody inspire you when you first started doing this? I mean, I'm inspired by a lot of different people, but, uh, you know. Did you have anybody kind of pointing you in the right direction, giving you any guidance at all? Whether it be just watching their YouTube videos or anybody, you know. Some of the best advice I got was listening to podcasts while Mm -hmm. I was at that ballet podium. Sandusky Business Podcast. Yeah, no, (laughs) you know, you can turn dead time into useful time. I was learning a lot of stuff that I'd never, ever been exposed to before. Mm. Nobody told me it was possible or a good idea to sell online until I started looking into it and I kind of stumbled across it for myself. Uh I was, there's a podcast called The Amazing Seller with Scott, Scott Volker, who awesome Amazon seller. He is a guy that builds his own brands, gets his own product, but he recommends, you know, doing what they call retail arbitrage, which is, Mm. you know, going to the store, buy low, sell higher online. My guy, Gary Vee is big on retail arbitrage. Retail arbitrage is awesome. I've built my entire business up to this point, basically with almost a hundred percent through retail arbitrage. But yeah, that's okay. When you say entire business, just to give everybody kind of a perspective of where you've gotten in three and a half years. What's your business looking like today? What sort of sales numbers are you doing? Um, been growing consistently over the years. Uh, it is December 7th today. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, last month was record-breaking month, which was expected in Q4. The last three months of the year are typically... They could be 40 or 50% of your total sales for the year. So wow. the last three months is huge. When's the slowest time? Depends on what kinds of products you have. But mm. Typically the summer. Okay. Typically sales slow down a little bit in the summer. Makes but sense. But if you're carrying a ton of outdoor stuff and summery sort of items, then right. there's no reason you can't kill it in the summer as well right so you got to be cognizant of you know what kind of products you're looking for you know depending on the time of the year you know if christmas is coming up obviously you're stocking up on what kids toys Mm -hmm. things like that things that you know are going to sell yeah you got to be smart i mean there's people that build their entire businesses on seasonal stuff whether it be halloween Mm. saint patty's day uh, anything they uh just play on the holidays and use the calendar to, you know, predict what people want. Right. Which is smart. Yeah. That's a really solid business plan. It works. And then so, so if you know Halloween's coming up, you start stocking up months before that, right? Yes. If, if that's yes. your plan is to sell a ton of Halloween stuff. Well. Because it takes some time to get it to Amazon, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm doing the FBA program, 
I have to find it, I have to prep it, then I have to send it to Amazon, which could take a week or up to a week and a half to mm -hmm. get it checked into the warehouse and have it live on the site for right. sale. Right. So there's a lead time of a week or two once you find it mm. and uh, ship it out to actually being live. So if Halloween's October 31st, you might want to get your Halloween stuff in two months before mm. that. Just to make sure you're Just prepared. Just to be ready because people are, believe it or not, people are starting to think about it that far right. in advance. And, uh, you know, if you wait until October 1st to even think about Halloween, it's too late. You're too late. You're too late. Uh, you wouldn't get any stuff in until... And you did the same thing here with Black Friday. Yeah. We started, I know, stocking up months and months and months in preparation for Black Friday. Yes, those are the biggest days of the year. We just had Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, and you killed it. Yeah, yeah, we did good. I think like 12000 in sales on Black Friday and another 10000 on Cyber Monday. Mm. So very yeah awesome and awesome yeah that's days. solid numbers but that was yeah that was preparing for months like, right i started thinking about this maybe. so these things don't happen by accident you're not gonna hit a hundred thousand in sales on accident yeah. in a month you have to prepare yourself months and months ahead knowing what season's coming up knowing what kind of items people are going to be buying there's a lot of thought that goes into it ahead of time yeah you don't just go out there and buy every random thing you see right there's some kind of system in your head yeah you know of course. you're not buying garden hoses in december right no not typically no no okay so to wrap it up what is give some advice on how somebody can start today how somebody can start their online e-commerce empire today what's what are their first few steps and what would you recommend doing not doing based on your own experience Get started immediately by listing stuff around the house on eBay. Mm -hmm. um, go read the Amazon Terms of Service. Sign up for your Amazon account. Sell the old books you got on your bookshelf. Turn that frozen capital into something you can use. Mm -hmm. It'll give you a realistic idea of, okay, wow, well, this works. Um, what else can I do with it? Mm -hmm. That's what you can do right now. And uh, do that by using Amazon Seller app, the eBay app. Mm -hmm. So you'd recommend starting on both? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would definitely say go both. Um, Amazon's an awesome platform. Absolutely great way to do it. But uh, you can't, shouldn't neglect eBay. Mm -hmm. Especially at the beginning, there's different products sell on right. these different marketplaces. Like you can't go find an old 1980s you know, coffee mug and list that on Amazon. That's right. an e you know, that was, that's on Amazon. right. Different. So a lot of thrift shop items are eBay items Different unless they're brand market. new. Yep. Can you yep. even sell used on Amazon? Yes, you can. Okay. But, but it's got to meet certain criteria in certain condition. Correct. They're, correct. they're more strict than eBay a little bit. Yes. They don't let you sell certain items used. For example, toys, mm. Toys are brand new, always. Uh, and there's certain brands that they restrict as well, right? Like, you couldn't sell an Apple product. Correct. Yeah, no, I can't sell something like Apple. Um, Amazon themselves restricts their sellers from selling these brands. Mm -hmm. Just to protect themselves, because they aren't going to let just anybody sell these huge brands like Nike, Microsoft, mm. Apple. 
because they don't trust them. Like you can't just come onto the platform, can't just jump on and start selling these huge brands that mm-hmm. there's millions and millions of counterfeits of. Right. That's yeah. That's, that's the that's the big problem, right? Correct. So when you do get started on Amazon, there's a lot of brand ungating you have to go. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. Right. For people, yeah, you're not going to be able to jump on Amazon. So that's why you scan things before you buy them. Yes. You want to know, can I even sell this item? Mm-hmm. That's number one, mm-hmm. right? And then from there, you look at, you know, obviously, is it worth buying financially? Yes. All right. So start on eBay. Sell all your old crap that's laying around that you don't yeah. need, right? Do it. You know, do it. Do it. He says do it. And then, you know, save up your own money from wherever you're working to and invest it into it. It's worth it, right? Um, you know, I'm not going to tell. afford to do it everybody to go start a business or anything, mm-hmm. but if you want to do it and you've got the drive and you're because it takes a lot of that a risk taker then yeah do it yeah do it perfect give it a shot perfect well i hope everybody listening can take something from this because he is the man when it comes to the amazon and uh for everybody who doesn't know i don't know if it looked like we didn't know each other at all but we're best friends and we kind of do it together but i wanted to dig some information out of him uh, that could be useful to somebody else and ask him a few questions to some answers I didn't know. So thank you everyone for watching. Jared Threshel. Caleb Urbanic. The man. We're out.